0: If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and key stage one education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello, everybody. Andy Burt here from Early Excellence. Uh, Welcome along to episode number seven of the Early Excellence Podcast. Since the last time we spoke, we've had a busy old time at the Early Excellence Centre. We've had our first face-to-face training. Um, We've also had our first big event as well. first big event for what, 18 months or more? Um, We had our Autumn Open event at the Centre. It was great to have so many people in the center, exploring the center, having a really good look round. We also live streamed the event as well. We had different sessions for people to dip into. So sessions on autumn practice and um, autumn books, books relating to to the autumn, this time of year as well. Um, All of it, as I say, available face to face and live streamed. Um, We recorded it too, so if you missed it, if you missed any of the things going on and you want to go. Back to it. Um, If you go onto the Early Excellence website, um, you'll find a link there so that you can still watch it. We'll put a a link also in the podcast description for you. Okay. On to this week, then, on the podcast, um, we've got an interview for you an interview with a lovely lady called Gillian Hewitt. Gillian Hewitt, who is the deputy head teacher at Dice School in Aberdeen. She's passionate about the early years and about learning through play and particularly learning in the outdoors and that comes across loud and clear as part of the conversation that we have. We had a really lovely chat about outdoor practice and about all sorts of all sorts of aspects to it. We talked about managing outdoor spaces. We talked about really owning your curriculum and your practice. We talked about managing risk all sorts of important aspects as as part of effective practice. Okay, so I hope you find it interesting. Here you go. Hello, hello Gillian. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm very
1: well, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, you know, busy
0: work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I won't keep you for too long. I'll do my best no, not that's to okay. because I know I know that you've got all, you'll have all sorts of things going on. So uh, yeah, I'll try and keep it fairly short. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. This is a bit of an exciting moment for me because normally on the podcast, I don't know whether you've listened to the other podcasts we've put out, but it's normally just me. It's normally me delivering a podcast for about a quarter of an hour or so, something like that. And so when I saw your tweets the other, the other week, which was the Waterplay tweet, um, it just got me thinking about how actually how lovely it would be to, to, to have a different voice on the podcast and to, to be able to kind of talk about kind of your practice and to be able to talk through what you've been doing and how you got there. Because I, I think people find that really interesting. Um, now, I didn't know yeah. at that point that actually you're a bit of a seasoned professional at talking about your practice. You know, I I saw afterwards you were talking at a conference, was it, last week, something like that?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we talked at the Scottish Learning Festival um, and that was primary one and the nursery. um, so very much looking at the early level um, and trying to join those together. Um, and we've also been sharing with um, the Northern Alliance, which is the group of councils in the, the north of, of Scotland, and sharing practice there um, and we've also done another couple of things for Education Scotland as well so yeah, wow. we're, uh, definitely sharing our practice we're, yeah we're on a journey yeah. we've been on a very long journey um, yes, yeah. we're in a good place at the moment.
0: and that's the thing as well obviously I the first thing I saw and um, the only thing I knew when I initially talked to you was about that particular tweet about that water play but I gather from other things that you've mentioned since then that actually there's been a long journey of progress and development and all sorts. So it would, it would be great to hear about that. Um, can would is it all right if if I if if you kind of set the scene for us first of all? Because like, obviously you're up there in Aberdeen. Um, I don't yeah. know what I don't know the school at all. I don't know your setting. I gather I think that you've got a separate early years building. Is that right? An early years centre. But I, I don't know whether that's right. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, so so we we're, are we're a local um authority school and and nursery. Uh-huh. Um, we're we are currently sitting at sixty places in our early years and um, for nursery places, um, and we're a very large open plan school, um, and we have different wings or units they're called, um, and our nursery and primary one are together in one, um. So yes, we've we've changed, we're coming away from the nursery title to uh, Early Learning Centre, or the ELC for short, Um I can't get my head around it so I'm forever calling it nursery and getting into trouble, um, but that's what it is. Um, and yeah, we work very closely with our primary ones. Um, There's very strong uh, transition links. The teachers come through and visit and the early years practitioners go through and and spend time in primary one as well.
0: Um,
1: We are very lucky in our space. We have a very large indoor um, area, but we've also got a very large outdoor area. And we've always been quite outdoorsy. We've used our space well, but our space... It's almost too big, or was in a way, um, and the children just roamed. So we've been on quite a journey to zone our outdoor spaces and make it flow and have much more of a natural linkage between the different areas. And that's taken quite a long time. Um, And COVID's really helped us with that because it's obviously pushed us outside more. And now our children are outside, I would say 90% of the time, um, and they love it and they choose to be outside. Yes. We've also got um, a wooded area in the playground, so we have Woody Wednesday, and we go to the woods, and it's all very exciting. And it's not really a woods at all; it's just some trees. But for three and four year olds, it's the woods, and they love it, and it's very exciting. And we take our hammock and our trolleys, and off we go to the woods for our day and our adventure. Um so it's be, it's very good. We've been, but yeah, it's been a journey and making the best use of our space and making it flow. Um, has been the biggest yes, part yeah of that. It's, it's
0: interesting just, what you uh, were just uh, saying about that that idea of initially your outdoor space was one great big area and how actually that whilst that's brilliant of course to have a great big outdoor area i completely get where you're coming from in that actually that's that doesn't necessarily make it easier to manage and that actually a big outdoor space can be just as challenging as a very small outdoor space, but obviously for very different reasons. And that often the adult interactions kind of go missing a little bit in in a large outdoor space because adults revert back to kind of being on duty, kind of because the space is so big, trying to monitor everything that's going on around them can be hard. So we kind of end up kind of managing the space rather than really engaging, I think, with the children within it. So I get completely where you're coming from, that idea of trying to break it down a little bit, still having, of course, the big movements, the big scale movements, but but trying to kind of focus it in a little bit to make it easier to manage, I think does make a lot of sense. And then the other thing you said is that idea of the wooded area not really being a wood, but about being, you know, being sort of, as adults, of course, you know that it's a, a group of trees there. But of course, you're right. As three and four year old children, they what they see is is the key thing, not what the adults see. What the children see that's the main thing. I think that's half the battle, isn't it? You know, that half the battle is is for the adults to see to see things through the eyes of the children, and to think, well, actually, what, the, what what are they seeing in this moment? What are, what are they getting out of it? That's that's the
1: and crucial. Thing. a lot of work and a lot of photographs from child height. So you quite often find us on our on our knees taking photos or to re- and, and photos to review, not always photos to share, but mm. you know, if you're setting up an area or a, an area of the garden or an area of the room, it's not what it looks like from your height that matters. It's about yes. like sitting down and seeing it from a three and four-year-old height. So and it looks very different. And yes. it doesn't always look as nice and engaging as you think it does when you're down at their height. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's been very important. Yes, but we've actually given away a large chunk of our garden to Primary One, and um, for an outdoor space for them, because it wrapped around the building. And we did. We find that it was a marshal. There was a marshal on the corner, and nobody was allowed to come around the corner. <laughs> and that became the game. The, the children wanted to get past you. So if you were talking to another child, boom, another child <laughs> around the back. So you, know, it's, it's things like that. But it's also about the play. The, the play wasn't. It was it was rough it was tumble they were running in circles because it was a race track which is brilliant but it was not purposeful play and mm. the play that we have now is much more purposeful it's very much child-led Um the, the children develop the different areas with um, the practitioners but it's a much calmer much more settled environment now than we had before. Um, And and you can tell because they like being outside, they choose to be outside. It's raining today and I guarantee they'll all be outside um, even though they're waterproofed up, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, but I I think you're absolutely right. That idea of children's play has kind of different levels to it, doesn't it? Play is is one word, of course, but it actually is a kind of a catch-all word That could mean all sorts of different things from kind of very low level play of of not quite being engaged in something to the opposite end of the spectrum of being completely engrossed in something. That really valuable play that supports learning and engages children in all kinds of opportunities. The difference between the two is vast, isn't it? And yet we use the same word kind of to describe it. And it, it is, in some yes. ways, the word, the word doesn't fit the, the whole spectrum of what it is that we're, we're talking about here. Um, okay. It's quite, yeah, quite an interesting thing. And you're absolutely right. I think when you, when you know that you're developing practice and the practice is, is becoming more effective, you see it in the children, don't you? You see it in their faces. You see it in the, how absorbed and how focused they are, that the level of play changes completely. Yeah, I often talk about that on training, that idea of kind of watching out for the children's faces, watching out for what it is that they're telling you about the engagement or how engaged they are in in the practice. Yeah. And also that they
1: can change the play in an instant from what your vision of that play activity or experience is. They can change that to suit themselves and be far more engaged than we ever thought they would be.
0: (laughs) Yes, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But of course, then uh, alongside that, you've got an element of control over that. And that's sometimes difficult for people to get an understanding of, I think, that actually you've, you have got control over that to a certain extent. So the materials that you provide, the opportunities you provide, the space and how you create it, does, does mean that you've got some control over the quality of what comes from it. You know sometimes I, I yeah. think people feel like it's almost like the look of the draw what you get from your children that you know our children don't do that, you know our children won't do that kind of thing, but we do have an element of control over the quality of what we get gained from them i think yeah yeah absolutely yeah, so you've been on quite a journey how 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 yeah. long has that journey taken you know how long is it? Have you Been at the school a while? Has it? Has it, yeah,
1: so it I've, I've been there 11 years, 11 years, um, and <laughs> I've had a couple of maternity leaves, so I've not always been up in the nursery. I've come back and done other things in the school, but yeah, I've been there for 11 years as deputy. Um, and we've been on a, a real journey. We've had um, a bumpy road um, with inspections that didn't always go our way, um, but we're definitely going in a much better way at the moment. Um, yes, and I think that helps almost in a way as well I mean it sounds silly to say that you know not a very positive inspection helped but it does because sometimes you yeah. have to stop and you have to draw a line and see something's not working let's cut out all the stuff that's not working and start again and yes you can get complacent of uh we've always done it this way it doesn't work because the children that you get year after a year are not the same the staff groups that you have change over time the parents expect different things life changes you know you have to stop and we have to evolve with that otherwise we're not doing our families the service that they they deserve so um, it's been quite good to be able to stop and say no (laughs) no why are we doing all this pointless paperwork um, what benefit does that have for the child? If it doesn't have a benefit for the child, we're not doing it. Um, and it's quite funny because the team were a bit like, "Oh, let's go take my paperwork." <laughs> um, why? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, you're right.
1: Tell me anything.
0: It becomes, I think, a bit of a comfort blanket. Sometimes I think um, mm-hmm. that sort of feeling like you're feeling, feeling that you're recording the learning that's going on is it feels sometimes a bit like a safe job to do within the setting that nobody can kind of criticize you for that because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'm recording the learning that's going on, but you're absolutely right. If, if that becomes the focus of the job, if, if, if the focus of your role becomes just recording what you can see around you, then you're probably missing out on so many other wonderful things that you could be doing if you weren't recording that learning. The irony of yeah. it is incredible, isn't it? That actually yeah. the learning could have been far more effective had you been engaging in it rather than standing back and trying to write down what you could see. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's always one of those interesting things.
1: And we like to we call things diceifying. We like to diceify things. So we been through <laughs> the process of people saying, oh, this is the new thing, we all have to do it this way, we all have to do it this way. It doesn't work. What works in one setting does not work in another setting. You know, we're, we're a very unique setting. I think everybody probably says that. Um, but there, you'd be hard pushed to find another setting, building, garden like ours, um, you know, in the city. And as a result, you know, it is different. Um, you know, Dice is part of Aberdeen City, however, it's very much a village mentality. They are dicers, you know, they uh-huh don't see themselves as being in the city. It's very much a kind of suburban. It is a village, really. Um, you know, yes. So we have to change to suit that. So yes, we take bits from other practices and other models, but we diceify things um, yeah. to make it fit our building, fit our yes. children.
0: But um, as you say, I, th- I think that's important to have that ownership of the practice. I think if you get to a point where you're just doing something because somebody else has told you to do it or because you feel like you should, then that's usually a bit of a slippery slope because staff staff start to then lose their way in terms of well why is it we do this you know I think unless you've got that clear ownership of it then the reasoning goes and then we just end up kind of going through the motions a little bit yeah, yeah I, I that's
1: think it. I so think my you're right. question is so what you know, they, they say things so we do yes. this thing so what tell me why yes. what what was the impact. Yes. And when we first had that, they were a bit like, what do you mean, so hot? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's rude. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's like a rude. But now they're getting into that swing you know, of it. So, you know, you say, oh, we did this today. So what? What was the learning? And, yes. and that was the water. That was you know, brilliant. And it it really shone out of every single person that had been in the nursery that day. Yes. The learning, the joy. The enthusiasm it rolled on for days and days afterwards, and that's what we're there for. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: I mean, if I can describe the 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 short film that that drew me towards what your work, um, I I was sort of on Twitter, I scrolled through, and then suddenly there was this short clip of children in an outdoor area, and um, the camera had zoomed in on on play water play. Um, where the children were using tubing and guttering and piping and exploring how water flowed through loads of different sections of tubing and guttering and it started off with, it looked like on, on the screen, Start off with a few children really getting into it and looking carefully at it and you could hear the excitement you could hear their voices and uh, you could see in their body language how this wasn't just something that they were being directed to do or something that actually they were kind of just following this was something they were absolutely leading and um as you got two or three children or four children engaged in it. And then suddenly the camera panned around and a whole group of other children charged across and were so excited by following the water, going through the different sections, channeling through the different sections of tubing and guttering. And for me, that's not something you can make up, is it? That's not something you can kind of, it's it's not like a Pinterest made up, this looks great because you can't make that up. That's when you capture those moments where children are absolutely engrossed in something, that's magic, isn't it? That's something that you kind of, you want to bottle almost and say, well, this is what we're, this is the reaction we are after from our children. Um, And that takes it, well, in some ways it's simple because actually the resources and materials that were being offered there were simple open-ended materials. At the same time, in order to offer that and to offer the the variety and the number of possibilities, that takes careful planning and a lot of skill from the teachers and practitioners within that space. Um, so yes, it was very much that that drew me in, and people who are listening listening at home or listening sort of to the podcast, um, I would certainly recommend that you that you go and have a look at the, the film clip. So if you go on to um, go on to Twitter, and if you go to at school dice um, on Twitter, you scroll scroll down and have a look at the video clip. It's fantastic. Definitely recommend it. Um, so in terms of the outdoor space, then. Oh, what drew me to that, of course, was the open-ended nature of it. What I really liked about it was the, the kind, of, kind of rough and ready, but open-ended nature of the materials. Has that been a bit of a, a journey for you? You know, that kind of the different materials in the outdoor space?
1: Um, yeah, it has been. It's been something that we've we've really embraced loose parts for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things as the staff group changes, you need to keep things being refreshed, you you know, products have an end life, things get cracked, things get broken, and actually the whole experience on that video came from the fact that the old water wall, which is pallets against the fence, was having to come down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was coming down for insurance purposes, it's too close to the building for it being wood, so it was coming down and the children were interested as to why. And obviously some of the pipes were coming off the the pallet and the water tray was beside it and they were taking sponges and pouring the water down the tubes. And then one fell on the pallet so that it was horizontal. And that started the whole thing off because actually that meant that the water came down onto their toes when they squeezed the sponge through. And a very simple question from one of the earlier practitioners of, oh, how far could we get the water to go? was that off They we went well we've got this tube this tube would work this one doesn't fit it's too big I mean the language itself was wonderful that was coming and actually they then stepped back and it was all child led um, and then they managed to get it over a bump in the ground which was funny because then we had a whole conversation about force and they had to push the water harder to get it to get further down and um, and yeah then it was off they were off charging down to get their friends to come and help. This was too big a pipe and there was pipes further down the garden that they wanted to get and bring back up and that needed a couple of people. Um, so yeah it was very much from a change of resource um, and taking something that probably looked a bit old and decrepit down mm-hmm. and starting yeah. a whole other yeah. conversation.
0: But it was probably yeah. more effective anyway I would think really in yeah. in that often I think water walls and I think probably most people have been there at some point with water walls kind of look neater and look more purposeful again to an adult, don't they? But I think to a child, actually, they don't they don't see it as that exciting. Um, so that kind of I suppose once you've kind of poured water in at the top and you've seen it come out of the bottom, you've kind of done what you've done. All it, It's done all it can do. really. Yeah. Whereas the kind of the loose parts and the, you know, the large collection of loose parts that you've got yeah. have endless possibilities, really, I guess, for, for those sorts of opportunities for channeling the water and for, for progression as well. So that you get, um, you know, those say it was really interesting to think that actually those same children, because of the excitement caused on that day, will probably have gone back to that you know not just the next day but the next day after that and potentially for days and weeks following on from that and so you're going to get such progression aren't you of of children continuing it and developing it and becoming experts in it really yeah and that that's the the beauty of it I think but yeah I think I always think that the the kind of the fixed things to an adult eye look better but actually to a child they're not really as exciting really yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. and and it's where you want it to be not necessarily where the child wants it to be and there's parts we're on a slopey garden we've got bumps and we've got little nooks and crannies and actually sometimes they want to take it and build where you can't see them you're not necessarily right in their eye line um because then it's more fun yeah <laughs> and, yeah yeah. Definitely. And it's fine they will build with you if they want you to if they want some help um but they were also they were making a castle um out of some of the big blocks sorry i've got a singer in my background (laughs) Um, and uh, I said to somebody oh do you need a hand no (laughs) 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 and and it was the determination it was his tower was bigger than him he had a a a sloped block on the top and this big block was not going to stay on that tower with this other one on it and I don't know whether he couldn't see it or he just but he he kept going and he kept going and he went who put that there? That's not meant to be there. <laughs> and off <all laughs> it came. And then he got his built back up. But he was very much looking for you to be there. He was looking for the reassurance that he was okay, um, but absolutely in control of his, his journey. He did not want any help. He was able to do that himself yes. because he was the builder. Yes. So it's very much having... It's
0: that sure. empowering, isn't it? It's empowering the, learning going, the learners that are there. You know, really giving them that control anyway, over what they're, they're
1: doing. doing yeah and knowing when to stop and and not we, we want to fix things as adults don't we we want to say oh can I help you oh careful don't do that you're going to get hurt and you have to not we have to bite our tongue so much and say stand back keep it inside just wait have have the the faith I suppose in them that they know what they're doing um, and they know their own limitations yes and 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 they can risk assess, you know, we, we can teach them to risk assess and to, to look for the problems. And, you know, that child with the tower is very good because he was keeping other children back. So he wasn't so much risking looking at his own risk assessment, but he was aware of other people um, and the fall height. And he said, no, you can't come any closer because you could get hurt. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yes. you know, that's so
0: important, isn't it? You know, those skills of, of, yeah. of knowing when you feel safe and when you don't feel safe. That's a skill in itself, isn't it? You know, and I think if we overmanage that, you know, if if we always step in and we always tell children what they can and can't do within a kind of a, a slightly riskier environment, then they don't really develop those skills around managing their own risk. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think that's one of the, the most important things that we do with young children, particularly outdoors, is that idea of of knowing when you feel safe and being able to watch out for things. Have you got certain things that you're thinking in terms of what you do next?
1: Getting back to the woods, having more out and about visits, um, you know, they all had to stop. We've got the River Dawn is very close to us, so it's about getting back out into the community really and um, yeah. and, and, and engaging with all the different environments that we've got at our fingertips. Um that had to stop because of restrictions. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It
0: has, stopped. I think definitely the last, what, 18 months or so, I think have made everybody realise how much we need to make sure that we use our visits and our visitors and we make sure that we, we, we make it as expansive as possible. You know, that so many children over the last, what, 18 months or so have been stuck in, in you know, houses or stuck in flats and apartments and haven't had those opportunities. And when you think about, some of those children being three, and that for more than half of their lives, actually, they've actually been certainly restricted or in lockdown. Actually, we've really got to make sure that we pull out all the stops in terms of the experiences that they then have, I think.
1: Absolutely. And our digital spaces were very important for that during lockdown. So we used um, ThingLink a lot. Um, So we had a story focus of the, the week and we had our outdoor Woody Wednesday. Uh, thing link as well and it was little videos it was keeping in touch it was being that familiar face it was giving mums and dads five minutes where they could sit down and have a story read to them that wasn't them um, and it was really really successful and then we used um seesaw and they were sharing their photos and their videos so that engagement was still there the staff were able to say oh that was really great well done we loved you splashing in the puddle can you do this you know, so the next steps were still coming from that. Um, And I think the the biggest success story from those was um, when we had a new child who joined us in the February. So she was due to start in the January. Lockdown had happened. She didn't come, obviously. Um, And when we went back to the setting in February, she knew us and we knew her by name. And the parents said to us, what a relief, I've been so worried. And she just felt she knew everybody. She was able to come in and say, oh, hello, Mrs. Shewitt. And you, by name, you were greeting the child because you've had those conversations. Yeah. She'd, she had her favourite person from story time where she had, you know, she loved the outdoor ones. So that was her kind of key person. And we knew that. So we were able to marry them up when we were setting key workers. Um, yeah. And I think it's making sure we use all of those resources that are available to us Yes. In a in a unique way to make sure that the children still get the best experiences. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting there as well is that the parent often, you know, is is a really well obviously is a key player there. And the parent then felt more relaxed and felt more comfortable about the whole that that whole coming into school and coming into the setting and all of those sorts of things. And then of course, if the parent is more relaxed and more comfortable, then there's going to be a knock-on effect for the child as well. And that you, you're actually making sure that you're including everybody within that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's we've done our virtual tours and we've been able to do um, you know, a bit of a journey for us. Technology is not always our, our friend. <laughs> so technology is never wonderful, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, having the capacity to make a free fixy video and, and show the nursery, Yes. and have that be interactive as well and have different people so it's not just me and my boring voice all the time it has to be other people and and sometimes we've been able to use the children Um, primary one children did their virtual tour for the next year group coming up and it was much more powerful with it being the children showing your around yes. than it was yeah. when old adults you know that's somebody they knew they might have had them energy with them before all those links are are vital to keep them going.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I mean, there there aren't many positives, are there, to really come out of the COVID situation? But I certainly think that kind of rethinking how we use technology in different ways and how we engage with people and interact with people in different ways, using technology, hopefully over time, will will turn out to have been one of the positives from it. Yeah, definitely, both in terms of schools and and elsewhere too.
1: Yeah, and the outdoor focus, you know, we've known for a long time that outdoor education is wonderful, you know, and it's one of the best sensory environments that you can have, you know, children can't climb the walls if they don't have any walls to climb, you know, get and I think that the big push to have outdoor learning has been brilliant, I mean, we're, Aberdeen not always very warm, not even in the summer, (laughs) you know, but It doesn't stop us, you know, we've invested, we've, we've bought um, Salopettes, so all of our children have, um, including our primary ones, have um, Salopettes and waterproof jackets, we encourage layers, we've got gloves, and off we go, and, and we did the same with our staff as well, so that they all had suitable clothing, and felt that they were able to go outside, yeah. and obviously the majority of them prefer to be outside now, yeah. uh, and, and the learning that we're getting is it's
0: really high quality so there you go I hope you found that as interesting as I did talking to Gillian um I want to say a big thank you actually to Gillian Gillian was fantastic as part of the process of recording that podcast um she really went with it um as it was the first interview that we'd done I wanted it to come across as natural as possible um, so I didn't want to give Gillian the questions in advance and for it to come across as a kind of a traditional interview as such I wanted it to feel more like a chat and Gillian was great she as I say she really went with the idea um, and seemed very comfortable with the idea of really just chatting through the ideas and chatting through what the, what she'd done and what her team had done and the kind of the conversation flowed because of that so uh, yeah thank you to Gillian for that um, if it's got you thinking in terms of de- developing your own outdoor space or your outdoor practice then do get in touch with us um, you can get in touch with me if you like um, my email address is andy at early and it'd be great to hear from you If all of that has got you in the mood for developing your outdoor space, but maybe you're not just sure where to start, then one good place to start would be our Early Excellence Outdoor Audit tool. Um, it's a free resource that we've developed for you. Um, you can use it to check your resources, so what materials you've got available. Um, you can use it also in terms of some ideas for what kinds of materials you ought to provide for your children, what really works well, um, but also to reflect on how you can improve your, your outdoor space in terms of the, perhaps the different possibilities that you have available to your children. We'll put a link in the podcast description for you so you can go straight to it. It's a free resource. It's well worth tapping into. Also, if hearing Gillian talking all about large scale water play outdoors has got you thinking about developing your provision, you might want to take a look at our Water Investigations Complete Collection. Um, It very much is a complete collection, complete with tubing and guttering, piping, um, water stands, containers, brushes, all. All sorts of rich possibilities for de- for developing um, investigation skills, for collaboration as well, of course, and of course for phys- physical play and exploration in lots of different ways. Um, again, we'll put the link in the podcast description so you can you can take a look and see what you think.